Red Motivators! Shit, yes. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 240 of the Bad Motivators Physics Roadshow. I, of course, am Eric Strathers, and with me, as always, is the one co-host I like, one Mr. Luke Cruiser. Hey there. And our other co-host, who I actually also like too, but it's a pretty good gag, is not with us tonight. Uh, Dallas Wood, unfortunately, fell off of the first step of um, a step stool. And he's probably going to be in the hospital for at least six months. Yeah, he really he really worked his back over. Yeah. Yeah. No, he, he messaged us and said he fell off a four-foot ladder and his back is all jacked up. I'm like, next time you tell that story, say it was a 12-foot ladder. Yeah, you need to, yeah, you need to up that thing, man. How embarrassing. Of course, now we've ruined that for him. So um, when yeah. he gets on Twitter tomorrow and it's like, hey, guys. That's, that's terrible Dallas imitation. <laughs> well, I mean, it's like if Dallas was a Muppet, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Uh, like, yeah, you, he, he's such he's so he would so easily become a Muppet. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. Um, he kind of looks like what's his name, Doctor Teeth. Is that his name? The uh, that leads the band. Oh, the dude with the like top hat on or something. Yeah, something like something like that. I yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So anyhow, anyhow, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's not, not here. <laughs> he's not with us tonight. So um, yeah, I guess probably everybody's already quit listening. So Luke and I will just do this show for ourselves. So the reason that I mentioned that we are the Physics Road Show is in the uh, production meeting we were having before this, Uh Uh before we sent the staff out of the room so we could go ahead and Mm -hmm. hit record. We were talking about (laughs) flat earthers and their excellent take on Mm -hmm. how gravity isn't real and all of those things. And uh, yeah, yeah. We were talking about experiments on how to prove gravity is real. And what people forget is that any object that has mass also produces, for lack of a better word, gravity. It's Gravity is the interaction between two objects that have mass. The thing is, the Earth is so massive compared to a person, the gravity that the person is subjecting the Earth to is immeasurably <laughs> minimal. Yeah, but it is happening. So, for example, you can take two very lightweight objects and get them close enough to each other and see the one move toward the other. Scientists have replicated this experiment thousands, if not <laughs> millions, of times. Fake news. It's a real thing, and that's how gravity knows what objects to keep down on the ground. I'm really not sure how else you would explain any of it besides <laughs> what Velcro, I guess. Yeah. You know, even birds will fall if they stop flapping their wings. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, Luke, what's your take on this whole gravity snafu? <laughs> I just, I, I forget what we were, what we brought up some, usually flat earthers usually, but like, I just remember seeing, like, I'm like, I don't know what the experiment was because I'm not that smart. But I do remember them saying and showing graphs, we have finally physically have, like, 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 besides me going, Apple go boom to ground. Um, we have like a like a, like a graph like a representation on, a, on like a macro scale or something showing the pool of gravity and like it was I forget I forget exactly what it was it was like seven eight years ago maybe maybe longer um, but yeah I don't know I think it's I think it's pretty simple if you consider what happens uh, in space or even just going around a corner really fast uh, <laughs> you can you kind of experience 
what happens when when gravity's not doing what it's supposed to be doing all the time. You know what we're used to. Listen, so. man. <laughs> I figured out a long time ago, anytime I'm like pretending to be a dumbass, I always put on the accent of my people. Yeah, of course. Where I grew up. I'm going to tell you something right now. Mm-hmm. I figured out when I was a kid that that whole thing with the moon being out in space, it's not in space. If it's so far away, how come it follows me when I'm in the back of my mom's car? <laughs> okay. I look out the window and the moon's following me. It's there. How's it going to do that from space? You tell me. <laughs> That's just stupid. And anybody who doesn't, you, you're, you're blind, people. You're blind to the reef, the facts. Open your eyes. I bet there is somebody out there that thinks that the moon is that. I'm not sure. That thinks the moon is just a big like orbiting, like observation station where they keep tabs on everybody at a certain part of the day. Oh, you know what I mean? that's like, what it's for. But of course, just, that's why dude, it's hollow. Look into the whole phenomenon. The flat earthers think that the moon. Is in the atmosphere. It's not that far away. Otherwise, I mean, can you explain to me why planes aren't running into it all the time? Then I don't, I don't understand. Or, or can you explain to us how life on Earth is able to continue because the moon is in our fucking atmosphere? Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> that would not go well. <laughs> Man. Let's please hope it stays that distance away. So you guys can probably guess that there's not a ton of Star Wars news right now, <laughs> or any other news for that matter, um, yeah. of which we would talk about on here. There's plenty of news. Yeah. There's just certain things that we talk about on this show. And uh, so I'm just going to tell you right now that I did not, again, watch What If. I didn't either. I don't know what it was. And uh, hell, for all I know, there wasn't one, but I suspect yeah. there was. But I tell you what we should do, man. To just that way we don't get too far off the rails. Mm -hmm. We should just go ahead and bust this chestnut out right here. Mm. Nut is busted. Dude, that Robbo is a genius. By the way, I listened to Hardcore Gaming 101, and uh, that is a pretty fine show, man. Yeah. Of course it is. Pretty fine show. You got Robbo cracking the whip over there. Oh, Oh, yeah. Get I listened to an episode of our friend Hawes, who, by the way, Hawes, glad you're feeling better, buddy. Um, yeah, man. Glad you're home. And I'm sure your cats and dogs missed you. But uh, but anyway, Robbo, thanks for the theme, man. I, we need to catch up. But, okay, I don't want to keep the suspense going any longer. Uh-huh. I got nothing this Damn. week. Mm. Nothing. nothing at all. Nope. No. Cabinets are dry. Um, well, I uh, I didn't get anything Star Wars related, but I will uh, say real quick, I've been going through like a like a like yeah another like cleanup phase of all my shit and like you know putting it away and whatever because like as as we know as like hardcore collectors, when you collect so much shit, eventually the shit is just everywhere. And like not, and it's not in like a an area you've designated for it. It's 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 just it's just far enough out of the way that hopefully your kids don't trip and fall and break the boxes. So like, so like I've been slowly going the process of like, like not getting rid of a bunch of stuff. But I've been like I've been like re- reorganizing art, artwork and stuff just to change up what I'm looking at every day. But like, just putting a whole bunch of stuff in totes that like we're just sitting in their boxes, just sitting there. Like not really display, just kind of there, putting it away, and like just kind of lessening the burden of the space a little bit. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? 
and it's been it's been pretty nice. Let's you know, like I still got quite a ways to go, but like just I don't know. And 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 what's even sadder is like given this is a basement, you you have anything that has any kind of space between a wall and a box. Eventually, there's spider webs just everywhere. Oh if you yeah. Don't, if you don't if you don't move it for a while. So like I've just been like digging through spider webs, like like these boxes I have like just off the wall, so they're not touching right against it. And just like, they're like, no, our home base, you've ruined it all. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. But what I did get this week was, uh, oh, I guess technically last week is that uh, um, my wife and I had our first like real like out on the town like uh, event in like two years, two and a half years really. We went and saw. Um, a concert. We, we went and saw uh, Coheed and Cambria. Well, that's who we were there for. They unfortunately were playing with the used. Uh, they were like co-headlining with them. I don't remember them or not. They were an emo band. And mm-hmm. I guess like, and apparently they're still around. Um, and no offense to people who like to use. I get it. I, I, they do very well for the thing that you want them to do. But like, it's just, and I, and I, and I, I do the thing, you do the thing where you go to a concert where they're co-headlining. You don't really like, you just like, respectively nod your head to the music but you're not like getting down to it you know what right, i mean right <laughs> you're just kind of like i acknowledge you're playing music good job woo 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 um but uh but the real things come later and i don't know what it was but it was like it was the first time i'd felt like like that euphoric like release that you get from being in a place where everybody is there for the same thing. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like you're, you're in like pretty much whatever you're going to do. There's going to be cool. Like whatever, like crazy, like hand thing you do or like yell out the words, someone's going to give a shit. They're there for the same reason. Right. Like a let go moment. It was really nice. Like it felt, I felt like it felt like 600 pounds dropped off my shoulders. It was weird, you know, being cooped inside for like two years, not being, not feeling comfortable to go anywhere or do anything. And like, Going to like a it was it was an outdoor venue which was nice it was a perfect night for it too it was like perfect temperature uh-huh. the and and uh, there was no rain but it was felt had it was, was kind of cool but not cold and it was just great and uh, it's so much fun and it was nice to like just go out with my wife and though it, it's crazy how much you take those moments you know for you know you 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 take it for granted right like because. I mean, even even as married adults, generally, because we're together all the time, going through life with our kids, everything else, like you take those chances you have with your wife for granted because they kind of disappear after a while and or have fewer of them. But you really notice it when you literally cannot go anywhere or do anything. And now right. you can't. It's kind of, you know, you just keep hoping that like the upper trend is going and what's funny is, um, I know you know about Coheed and Cambria. I've talked about them several times, and you're aware of them. But my wife also last night ordered uh, an online concert. <laughs> like they were, they were in New Jersey. <clears throat> They're playing the exact same set list they did for another night. <laughs> She's like, I'm, I'm going to watch them again. She loves Coheed and Cambria. Like love, loves them. Must marry all of them. Um, but. Uh, but I got to tell you, old Claudio Sanchez, the lead singer of Coheed and Cambria, I think he's wearing out from this leg of a tour they're doing, which has only been about, only been, been, only been about a month. But I think they've been like cramming in as many shows as possible before they, because they're probably afraid they're going to sh- start shutting them down again. You know what I mean? Uh huh. But like, because like he was singing on that show, and I don't know if it's just the way the sound engineering was or whatever, the one my, my wife was watching live. 
but like he was he he was it sounded like he was singing like in a a, a octave lower than he usually does. Uh-huh. And I and I I'm sure that's a way to like preserve your voice. I oh, have no yeah. idea. Yeah. Because like um Maynard from Tool is yeah, has come out and said that like like um their last two albums he's like deliberately like dropped down an octave in his singing just so he can sing for a longer period of time at a high level. Right. So it's interesting to see how artists kind of keep themselves fresh over time and stuff like that. Um, but like, like kind of transition to something weird. Like, like you've been like, how long have you been playing guitar yourself? Jeez, oh, dude. Like, okay. So since you were years. a kid. Yeah. Okay. Do you have like, is like, I'm sure you have like aches from it, right? Oh dude. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Is like I mean, have you have you like had to work work around it and like find ways to like treat those things that are bad for your wrist, or you just like say fuck it and keep going until it oh, falls no. off? Oh no, I've so like <laughs> um, we've had instances where like I'm getting ready for a show in particular when we throw the horns did our CD release party. It was a lot more metal than a lot mm-hmm. of the stuff we typically play, which you know there's a lot more <laughs> stuff going on. I could only play so many hours a day because I had hurt my elbow. Like yeah. my the tendon connected my uh, forearm muscle to. Anyway, I'd hurt it. Very important, and so <laughs> it would. But just doing all that, I was starting to have like a lot of repetitive stress issues in my right elbow, even though I wasn't moving it a ton because I try to pick from like my wrist motion, but also like my thumb and forefinger on my right hand, um, and I had to really. Um, like adjust not necessarily how low I wore the guitar, but the angle that I'd pointed at so that my arms hung more naturally. Mm. And, um, Oh yeah, dude, like my back hurting, my neck hurting, just all of it. I wonder how James Hetfield feels these days because the way he plays, you know? Oh yeah. Well, over time, if you look back at videos of Metallica, when they were supporting master puppets on the road, he wore his guitar so low, like Mm -hmm. so low. And now he wears it up more like the, the, the thing used to be my buddy Angus told me, he goes, if your belt buckle shows while you're playing guitar, it better be showing over the top of the guitar and not definitely not under it. (laughs) But um, over time, all the dudes in Metallica, their guitars have crept upwards. But you have to, because, man, for one, I'll tell you right now, there's certain gigs I play where I wear the guitar higher. When I did that, like that jazz R&B gig, I wore my guitar higher than, not, not as high as like your typical guy doing that would, but definitely up higher. And here's the honest to God fact. It is way easier to play well like that. I mean, like night and day. Oh, why? This is much more effortless than it is when I'm wearing my guitar down in cool town. Because that's what I always, it's so funny. My my friend Matt saw a picture when I went to uh, my grade school. Remember me telling, talking about that? I went there and Mm -hmm. talked to the students and played. There's a picture of me holding the guitar, talking to these kids, and Matt says, it looks like you're explaining to him the difference between Cool Town and Nerdville. And I was. (laughs) That was exactly what was going on, and he could tell from the picture, because that's what I'd always tell students. I'm like, look, you could wear your guitar down here in Cool Town or up here in Nerdville, and you know, (laughs) but like you can flirt with being on the outskirts of cool town, but you definitely don't want to settle into nerdville. And 
Also, there's no sandals in rock and roll. That's the other take home. Not allowed. What, what about what about no shoes? Nope. Is bunch of damn like, hippies. But like, but like, if but like, if there was between those two, would you choose no shoes over sandals or sandals <sighs> over no shoes? I'd look for a new band member, probably. <laughs> That's what I would do. You're also never supposed to wear shorts in Eric Strother's <laughs> direct point of view unless you're in swim trunks. <laughs> now, listen, I like shorts as much as the next guy, but when it comes to playing a rock show, man, you, you need to show up ready to play a rock show. What about when Flea just played naked at Woodstock 99? Well, listen, man. <sighs> Whatevs. That's I'm pretty sure his dick played the bass half the time because that thing was stretching around there all over the place, dude. It was crazy. I'm like, put it away, Flea. We get it. You're well endowed. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess they were they were they were fucking carrying socks on them. I mean, that's 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 not a that's a, that's a pretty good feat right there, <laughs> dude. I was explaining to a guy we were in this band with these guys who were super tall. Yeah. Like he and I, I he was about five foot nine. I'm like yeah. right at six feet tall, and these guys were like six ten. Yeah. And six, it looked ten. ridiculous. And he's like, Man, I don't know what to do with that. He was a black <laughs> dude, which makes it even funnier because I yeah. said, Listen, here if this helps you sleep at night, think about this. Their wangs are the same size as ours, but on them <laughs> they look ridiculously small. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, yeah, that is. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, 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 I was, I was just curious about like the 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 overtime of, of oh, just like dude. all those repetitious strummings and stuff, like because. And I don't mean to go any much further in music, but like I, I wonder because I, I mean, I played uh, um, woodwind instruments, like when I played instruments, and like, like your mouth stuff would get sore, but like I wonder how like those people like. Like how they're they're umpature, like how long they can keep it, like at a, a certain the, the, the correct tightness. You know what I mean? Like when yeah. they're playing, like because I f- I feel like you feel like those those jaw muscles and the, and lip muscles have to loosen over time. Oh, I not be able to, not be able to hold the reed the way it's supposed to anymore. Well, repetition builds endurance and strength. Yeah, but you know age I mean? breaks down the age, the strength and conditioning you build up over those years. You know, you got like a sixty-five-year-old clarinetist. Like, is she still as good as she was when she was thirty-two? You know. Well, kidding. that's a good question, but I will yeah. say this: most like classically trained musicians learn how to be incredibly uh, ergonomically efficient, efficient with their yeah. motions. Yeah, but, but I've wondered that, like, in scoring sessions for movies, right? Yeah. When you see these people, and I don't know how many takes they do, but it's not like yeah. a concert. But see, here's the thing, man. To play at that level, you have to practice like six and eight, ten hours a day for long yeah. stretches of time. Just and, always playing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't do that anymore. For not the right money, uh, the labor ratio you're hoping for. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah. 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 If you're taking any of the money I'm making now and compare it to the amount of time I've spent crafting my craft, dude, yeah. I am like well below minimum wage. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, um, so speaking of which, can I jump in here? You got anything else? That's it, man. Okay. So speaking of guitar, and this is leading into fandoms. Okay. Remember how we oh. were speculating? Do you, are other fandoms as crappy? as Star Wars can be. And if they're, yeah. if they're not, what is it about Star Wars that makes it 
like so prone to crappiness. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let me tell you a little story. There's this guy, he's a country guitar player. He's, it, it, he built an empire of teaching guitar lessons online. Okay. Empire. And his name's Doug Seven, just like it sounds S E V E N Seven. And he's really good. Right. Seven Costanza. So he has this website where you can, you know, get all of his instructional videos and stuff, and you can buy like these packages of all these videos. But then he started offering lifetime access to everything past, mm. present, and future. Right. And depending on how much you, you had spent up to that point would dictate how much lifetime access was. And I'm like, you know oh. what, man, this dude, the way the, emails were coming out. I suspect he probably needs this money right now, you know? So I decided to support him and his stuff's good. He's good at what he does. And fast forward sometime later, the entire site's gone. Ooh. Just gone. And, you know, people are trashing him online. Well, I recently stumbled across this Facebook group that is run by him. And it's people who were members of the this the the sizzling guitar hub is what it was called, okay. and he is was in the process of trying to get it back going. He like fell on some pretty hard times. Basically, yeah. his building his building his business crashed and burned, and he um he lost everything, and he went through a bunch of personal problems, which I suspect there were health and possibly drug related issues, mm. possibly marriage related issues and all these things, right? A combo of all yeah. the above. So he's trying to get it going again. Well, he comes up with this plan. He he re- makes an entire new site, sends out questionnaires to people saying, hey, what was your access level before? And what he did is he offered to everybody who had signed up for lifetime access, look, for $1 for the first 30 days, you can join this and download everything and then yeah. cancel if you want. Yeah. No harm, no foul. But if you don't want to, it's 10 bucks a month going forward. And I was a little surprised. And I, I messaged him. I'm like, hey, man, I get it. And I'm going to support you while I can. But I will say, based on this, you probably could have gone with a slightly lower price point and done better. You know? Yeah. Anyhow, dude, people will not shut up about and just crapping on him on the like the Facebook group the the private Facebook group that he has and he doesn't boot him out he's like and he he's commenting on everything look i get it okay blah blah but here's the deal and so on and so on but there it's the same people over and mm-hmm. over again com- making the same arguments and going on about the egregious wounding and ruination of all that's holy by this and i'm like this reminds me of something. <laughs> and I realize what it reminded me of. Star Wars Twitter. Yeah. How these few voices are just crowing like roosters over this stuff. And yeah. dude, it is freaking exhausting. Yeah. And on I both realize, sides, honestly. Yep. On, on, on all sides involved in this thing, I'm, I'm always just like bleh, exhausted. I yeah. can't imagine how it is when there's like a small group, a, a relatively small group of people. I imagine on this Facebook group, <laughs> there's the some people com- just comment the same thing over again, thinking something's going to change because of it. Yeah, like like what are they trying to do? Like ultimate Karen him or something? I, like where I, like they'll, they'll he'll give in and like say here, just take it all. I don't care. I'm so sorry. Yeah, and and you have everything free coming out for the rest of your life. I'm so sorry. Yeah. 
you know, like shit got fucked up. Like, <laughs> but you're right. He could have been like, we're going to do $5 a month or something like that. Just to, just to, cause that's a lot more digestible than $10 is. Right. It just is. Well, it really isn't that much more. I think he's in for a rude awakening though, because like for people who haven't been a part of it before, it's going to be like 30 bucks a month. And Ooh. here's the deal for quality guitar instruction. That's a bargain. But if there's no new content popping up every month, then you're not getting your money's worth. Yeah. You know, but here's, give me a dollar. You can download every last thing on here in about 40 minutes. If you have fast internet and you know, sorry for your troubles. But good Lord, people, shut up <laughs> because you're not changing anything. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, that's people's nature, man. And, you know, we had something this week in fandom that sort of came up and here's a person saying a thing that validates my opinion. And because of things they've done, that means that they're right and I'm right. Even though other people who have done similar things have said something different. Yeah. It just, I forget what that term is whenever you prop up your opinion based off of somebody who has a much more valid reason to have any discussion about it at all. I forget, I forget, I forget. I, there's, there's, it's like, it's like a, a, a leverage thing. I forget what it is, but it's, it's like, it's like somehow equates the money. It's, I don't, it's weird. Um, but I mean, it's a term that I've, I've heard recently and I can't fucking think of it. But anyways, yeah, people like what you're talking about. You're talking about the Marshall Lucas thing, right? Correct. Well, 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 like, yeah. Admittedly, what she said sounds a lot like all the the same language that the the people who've been against the new sequel trilogy and stuff. A lot of what that they've said. But and what I've come to realize with all of this, and at least at least I hope that Marshall Lucas. I mean, she's saying she said that in a book. Um, so I, I, at least with, with, with her take, she's the, I don't think she's grasping for attention. I think she was just saying her opinion about something. Right. Whereas when you're, cause she doesn't give a fuck about this fandom. Like, I mean, I mean, I I doubt she does. If she does, it's just for people who saw the movie she had something to do with, you know what I mean? Or something or or that story that came from it. And that's why she's so upset with, with the way it went. And like, I mean, I, I, I guarantee you George Lucas isn't super hyped where it went either. I mean, I mean, like it's, it is what it is, man. Like it, it, things changed. Businesses changed hands. We had new managers in town. The the policies aren't the same anymore. Right. But like, it's just, I mean, we've all been through a, through a, a, a management shift in a business, like things change, but like, it doesn't mean that our opinion is invalid for liking it. It doesn't mean that her opinion is invalid for detesting it but i don't think you get to claim her as like a hero for your movement because i have a feeling if she knew there was a movement or was aware of the things that you people say to make money or attention or both i think she'd be like you know what i fucking love those movies <laughs> fucking, i don't want to i don't want to be come close to me to associate with you goddamn weirdos right um, you know what i mean like she's just she's just she's just somebody who's a, a uh, who was was an amazing editor and and helped George Lucas make the movie what it was without without her 
he wouldn't have got it done. I mean, so like there's, there's a lot to be said there. She's like the the mother of Star Wars in a way. You know, he the father, she the mother, whatever. So like you kind of like just go right on, Marsha, say your thing, man. Like, I'm glad you have an opinion about it. That's cool. But like, don't it's 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 not a rallying cry or whatever these fucking weirdos are saying. Right, just, right, right. It's just not. It's just not. Well, and my thing too is, is she's entitled to her opinion, but it doesn't mean yeah. that she's ultimately right because it's no. all subjective. Yeah. Because here's the thing, man. I saw something, um, and I can't remember what it was, but it's one of these articles that talks about how it, I think the word they may have used majority, but it was something along those lines that like it's, old school Star Wars fans for the most part didn't like the sequel trilogy. I gotta disagree. My <laughs> m- my immediate experience says otherwise. Yeah, But it's all about who you surround yourself with. Do you surround yourself with people only people who think just like you? Or it, it, I don't know. It just seems weird to me. And look, I get it. But some of her arguments, like I loved The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. Does it have issues? Absolutely, but so does every single original trilogy movie, and so does all every one of the prequel movies. So does everything created by man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that is for true, man. Yeah, I mean we're we are fallible. We are fallible. I mean it in in a, in a lot of ways. That's what that's what makes us even worth dealing with. Is that our 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 little differences and our little mistakes make things interesting sometimes, you know? So like, you know, happy accidents. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, have you seen that Bob Ross documentary? I have not. On Netflix. Oh my God. What's the score with that, man? Oh my God. Dude. So, so, so basically I'll just give you this. If you go to buy basically from what the documentary States, um, and it's backed up by his son, everything else, and the people who are who are um, the ownership of the property of Bob Ross, of course, refused to be interviewed. Uh-huh. Um, but they they basically backhandedly got all the rights to Bob's imagery, his name, and everything else. They were his original business partners, and so now, anytime you see something that says like the Bob, I think it's like the Bob Ross company or Bob Rosco or, or something like that. All that, all that money is going back to them and his son, his family, all that. They don't see any of it. It, it. It's all been like, they're whatever. I mean, and his son worked a lot with his father, like uh-huh. on that show, like a lot. And, and, and he's, he gets nothing from it. And like, like it even went so far as to his son wanted to come out with like a new line of paints, like his father did, but his under his name and stuff. And he, but he, he of course wanted to use the same company they've been using because it, it helps with their technique and what they do and everything else. And they know them and know what he wants. And they basically shut all that down. Like he couldn't, he couldn't even make us start, start his own business. So like, it's just, there's, it, you have to watch it. It's, 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 it, it really gets in like the history of Bob Ross, like where he came from, how he started, and who he mm-hmm. was as a person. And of course, it shows his 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 faults. They, but there weren't a whole lot, honestly, which was kind of crazy. Um, uh, but uh, um, 
but the people he went to business with while they helped them in the beginning kind of screwed it over when the cash cow died. So, uh, and, uh, apparently were arguments like on his deathbed saying, you're not getting my fucking name and blah, 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 blah. And, and they end up getting it. So anyways, wow. Not so happy trees. That's what's going on there. Damn, um, dude, It doesn't sound like it. So like, like there was, a, so like, so there's been a few times recently where like there was some cool little Bob Ross, like item. I remember, I remember Billy was like, Oh, I wouldn't mind buying that. Then I, then I, then I remember I'm like forever tainted. <laughs> Forever tainted, but yeah, it's on Netflix. Dang, so, I may have to check that out. It's not nearly as depressing as Woodstock '99 documentary is, though. Holy shit, that one's a sad one, dude. I, <laughs> I, yeah, I've heard. I've not yeah. watched it, kind of because I don't it. want to. You, I mean, you know, you know the score. It's just. Anybody who anybody who was even close to adulthood at that time knows the story about Woodstock '99. So, but yeah. Anyways, anyways. Um, so you know, and I don't know what to do with that. I the the Marshall Lucas thing, as far yeah. as like how people are latching onto it uh, and and using it to bolster their take on it. Look, it's yeah. just again, it's just an opinion. My opinion is different. I think Han Solo dying, whilst unfortunate, made a ton of sense. It's also it's also an incredibly shocking moment. And yeah, everything else. Even though, even though it was it was even though I let myself be spoiled about it before it happened, where I saw it, you know, uh huh. I still just didn't ex- didn't think it was going to happen when I saw it. Like I like base they like 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 the I remember all the rumors was around on that like Kylo was 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 going to kill Han Solo and I was like I bet that's a fake one they're not doing that <laughs> but then you think about the classic stories of Harrison Ford wanting to end his character like forever ago you know that he needed to like die a, a meaningful death or whatever and right you know and and did they give him one I think by the end of the trilogy you could say yeah like there was a reason i mean you could you could point to uh, that his sacrifice was for something even though we kind of even though it kind of was brought to even further along because of the passing of carrie you know like yeah. i mean we all know that it there has to be no way other than that be a carrie heavy movie where she's like pleading with him to like you know come back change right. change change your way or something well in in uh the rise of skywalker the scene where han comes back and talks to kylo ren where he ultimately becomes ben solo again would have been carrie if she was yeah. alive yeah it's it's that's kind of a no-brainer and each one of the uh big three getting their own I don't know, like big sacrifice, their entire, like their arc being wrapped up. I think that was a a good move. Mm-hmm. Now, sure. I would have loved to have seen Leia ride into the sunset, even more so than Luke. I, I think that would have been a nice ending, but yeah. it, that's not how things went. And now I do have to say this, man. I feel like JJ never really figured out what Kylo Ren killing Han Solo meant, what it was supposed to 
uh, do for his journey and all that. I think he was kind of hoping that somebody else would figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> well, that whole thing, man, like that's still, that's still my biggest gripe. I know a lot of people's gripe is that it was as, as great, as much as I love the force awakens and, uh, and, uh, and the sequel trilogy as a whole, like they could have really done with like two more years of planning. Yeah. Just like, just like, you know what I mean? Just like, let it marinate. Cause that would have, it probably would have even made even more money if we, if they had made, if they had made them wait two more years, which is hard to think. But I mean, just to have a, a story at least three quarters of the way developed would have been fantastic. Especially, right. especially doing this multiple director thing. Like, I get what they were going for. They were trying to kind of recreate like the feeling of what was happening with the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. But the problem is they didn't have, an, an an overarching like <laughs> provider of the story that you know was George Lucas. You know what I mean? Like JJ right. Abrams could have like let the other two direct a movie and even write it or whatever. And he like be in there with them figuring out what the story beat should be. Okay, that works. Yeah, cool. Try that out. Yeah, for sure. Just kind of be in there. Right. And then and then and being like a like an ultimate, like not decider, but like clarifier as to what something needs to be. And if they had given another year, two years to like develop that story, I think that idea of having three different directors would have kicked ass. I think it would have worked really well because they would have been all worked together. Like he and Cassie, like he and uh, Cass and Cat. What the hell was his, the other writer's last name? Cassie and Cassian? Caston. Caston. Cassie's got me fucked up in the head. Caston. If they had, if they, if they had had that time, like all together, like through all three movies, I think we would have saw a completely different product. And I wonder if it'd been better or worse because people loved the Last Jedi because how much it shook up everything, right? But it kind of, sh- it felt like it shook everything up because there were so many open-ended, unanswered questions in The Force Awakens. So that's why it felt shook up because all of our freaking theories were smashed to bits, right? So right. It, it, it's, it's just. I don't know. I wonder how the sequel trilogy is going to be received over time, just like the prequel trilogy, how it is now. While I still don't think it's completely accepted, the prequel trilogy, I think it's way more accepted than it was. Like, we, like okay, that was George Lucas's thing. We, we, it's there if we want to watch it. But uh, some of it's kind of cringy. I'm not so sure. We'll watch it maybe sometime. And I, I wonder if the sequel trilogy, if it, if it in the next 20 years, if people are re-talking about how much they praise it you know right well i'll tell you this man and i think this kind of speaks volumes from for me Mm -hmm. is that i have not watched a star wars movie in a considerable amount of time same i threw on the last jedi for the kids when we were over at the old house which that reminds me of a story Uh, it's because that's i happen to have it on a flash drive Mm-hmm. And so they could watch it on the Roku because we have no internet over there now because we're in the, almost out of there. Mm-hmm. But uh, and they like the movie and I like it too. I like it quite a bit. But the to sit down and watch a Star Wars movie, I have had no desire yeah. at all. And that's not because I don't love the movies. I absolutely do. But I just needed a break from it. The thing that I've wondered, like you said. As much as I love Rogue One, I'm glad it's a thing. I really am. 
And I, I like the Han Solo movie as well. Probably not as much as Rogue One, but I do like it. If the the sequel trilogy, if the three had been like gapped out where there were at least three years in between the films instead of two, Mm-hmm. And there wasn't a whole bunch of other stuff happening in between. While I understand their desire to do that, because you know they're trying to make money off of the property that they acquired, I totally understand. But if that had been the case, dude, people can claim that the original fans didn't like the sequel trilogy all they want. A boatload. Of people went to see The Force Awakens a boatload of times. Record setting. Yeah. That is not a whole bunch of people, a whole bunch of one-offs going to see it. That is multiple viewings by multiple people. And I've never seen a movie so many times in the theater. I think I went like 17 times, something I don't even remember. Well, I think you saw saw Rogue One more, didn't you? No. No, I definitely didn't. I saw The Force Awakens the most. Okay. But I, but I did see well, but but you were still obsessive about seeing them, seeing them a lot. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, because because it was during during that time where you had like a day off during the week or something, and you would like go and see him. Something I can't remember what it was. Yeah, but. well, like one day I was supposed to. It was I was heading over to our other campus because we had service that night. I'm like, nobody will miss me. I'm going to go watch Rogue One, <laughs> and that's when I got the popcorn butter all over my pants. Yes. And that, yeah. But I did see Rogue One like 12 times in the theater, yeah. but I saw The Force Awakens more. And, yeah. you know, that's why that movie made so much money. And if there had been more time in between, and, you know, because, dude, a lot of people were talking about it. A lot of people wanted to know who Ray's parents were. And I feel like... They could have done something different. Now, I love The Last Jedi, and I like The Rise of Skywalker, but I do think it would have been a bigger deal if they had been spaced out more. But you know, obviously, you know, you can armchair quarterback that thing till you're blue in the face, and let's face it, most of us have, because here we are years later still yeah. doing it. But, man, what nice when, when we went and saw The Last Jedi for the first time, and then saw it some more, and then saw it some more. I loved that movie. And whilst there are things I wish they had done differently, uh, I do think ultimately it's super rad. And Mm -hmm. to me, it probably has the most rewatchability of the three. But I think the first, I think, I think, I think think the force awakens us personally. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know, man. I ultimately could it have been, ended up differently. Well, sure, it could have. They all could have. Yeah. It. It. it I mean, like, I, yeah. It's what it is. We we can't change it. It's what it is. I. 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 I, I what, what. What happened? I was appreciative of, and I liked the story. I. I would like some of the characters to get more of their story told, specifically Finn. Um. But like, I. Um. I. Am. I'm really excited. For the future of it, though, I feel like I feel like then these new movies that are coming out, they're they're like un, uncharted territory Star Wars movies because like, they're all trying to like 
test the waters and see where it goes next. Right. And like, you know, who's going to lead that pack? Are we done with trilogies forever? Now the Skywalker saga is over. Are they just going to be, they just going to be single movies from now on that connect together like Marvel? Like, what is it going to be? But like, it sounds like they're doing like multiple different timelines. So like, who knows? But I, um, I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, I still have to say though, the thing I'm most excited for with Star Wars is, uh, is live action television. I, I think that is just yeah. It 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 lends so well to telling a more cohesive story and a smaller story. Yeah, and I I really appreciate it. What they done with the Mandalorian, <clears throat> what they did with Clone Wars, honestly, with the last season, and what I have feeling the I I, I got a feeling the Book of Boba Fett is going to be awesome. Like, yeah, I think it's gonna be metal as fuck. Yeah, and I'm I'm really down for it. Yeah, I think Kenobi's gonna be amazing too. Oh, dude, yes. And I'm I think Andor will be great as well. Yeah, I it's yeah. I'm trying to who's the actor? He's I think in Ash Crossan was interviewing him very recently. Oh, the dude from uh, Fast and Furious. Yes, yeah. and uh, he was talking about how he, I, I I can't remember his name. Yeah, his character has a lightsaber, and how cool that was. I'm pretty him. sure his character in Fast and Furious is Han, because <laughs> his name is Han. Excellent. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I, I did see that Ash Cross in the interview where where he said his character had a lightsaber. She's like, what'd you say exactly? <laughs> Dude, I tweeted this at her, but her hair looked phenomenal yeah. in that clip. Good oh, lord. Yeah. She's got good hair, for sure. Yeah. But anyhow... I think that's going to be super cool. And you're right. I do like the format of live action TV. I like being able to get more minutes out of the characters overall. I like the smaller digestible bites that leave you talking about it for a week until the next episode comes out. Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's cool. And obviously they'll have to get to a point where, uh, it's not sustainable to have every single episode be a launch pad for another yeah, <laughs> another yeah, series. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, they need to stop now. They need yeah. to like let it breathe, let other yeah. things develop. But they I will give them this, man. They did it very naturally. None of it felt forced. No, no. But every character's appearance made sense. I th- the, uh, the fact that ultimately we ended up getting tomorrow Morrison to play Boba Fett is awesome like the fact that that's there and yeah the fact that we got to see luke skywalker again in a completely different way and people were kind of weird out but fucking cried anyways you know what i mean yeah. like like the, we got we, the, we got a, a baby yoda and we weren't like okay real cool dip into that well again we we're like oh god yes please more you know what i yeah. mean ahsoka in live action yeah uh, um yeah i mean it's just it was so, it's so good and i and I also noticed that like the overall, and I'm sure it's because it's the small screen or whatever, but the overall discourse about Mandalorian is way less than the movies. Like they, everybody has their thoughts for the week or whatever, and they'll have their overall thoughts about the season as a whole, where the story is going. But it feels way less combative. Yeah. And the only reason why it was combative was because of fucking, uh, what's her name? So I mean, like Cardoon. Or what oh, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm forgetting her name. Forgetting Doesn't it. matter. Exactly. She sh- I mean, who shall that not should be tell her everything she needs to know about the decision she's made. I'm already forgetting her name. Yeah. Um, but 
that's that, that was the only real combative thing of it. I mean, we were all blown away by Bill Burr, like do, doing that, that that one episode where like we were talking about it for months after that. Like, there's just I don't know. There's just something. There, it's I think it's the 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 pure joy and fun John Favreau and Dave Filoni are having putting it together and the love they have for it. And then getting all these amazing directors to do different episodes and stuff. Like it's, it's benefited them so well. It's been done so fantastic. And I, I can't wait to see what all those people who are to get in their own series now, what they're going to do when they have the helm, you know? Yeah. Like, um, what was, the, what's the lady's name that's running Kenobi? I forget her name. Oh, I was hoping she, you she, wouldn't ask me because I, I would have been able to tell you. I mean, I've not is heard her Deborah name. Like the, yeah. Deborah, is it Deborah Chow? I won't get that wrong, but yeah, the that that spinoff, Robert Rodriguez doing Boba Fett, like perfect, like yeah. you know what I mean, <laughs> like um, dude, Chris Hall does a banger imitation of Boba Fett, <laughs> yeah. basically just the one line about Boba, get your things, we're going, yeah, that, that you're right, one. it's 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 Deborah, it's Deborah Chow, yeah, but uh, now let me ask you this: while we're talking about TV. With Andor, I feel like, one, because Rogue One was a one-and-done movie. Mm. And so there's not as much, like, clamor over that, except from Catherine Dean. Uh, she's keeping it alive, for yeah, sure. Yeah, she definitely is. And she's doing the Lord's work. Mm-hmm. But And I, I do think it's going to be really cool. Um, I wonder how much like of a humor element they'll inject into it to make it say different from what we've seen otherwise, or if it's just going to be dark and gritty and grungy mm-hmm. the whole time. But, you know, cause like with James Bond movies, for example, action, there's a ton of action, but there's always a level of humor built in. And, yeah. uh, I don't know what they'll I don't know necessarily what they'll do with this. But what do you think it will be like overall? I think it'll be I'm obviously be espionage, espionage, but like I think we're going to get a good episode, maybe half episode dedicated to like the whole I've been in this fight since I was 6 years old kind of angle uh-huh. of thing, like showing him as a little boy like experiencing tragedy and having to deal with the moment and and become much older than he was ready to become, you know, stuff like that. I think that's a really cool angle to see where that, that might, what, what you see tragedy and what you become from it. I think that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or, or when you see oppression early and you, and you fight against it dis- despite your years, you know, stuff like that. That's a cool story to tell. Um, but part of me makes me wonder, do you think they approached, um, I'm once again horrible names. Diego Jen Erso. Huh? Oh, um, um, Jen Erso. That would be, dang it. Yeah. Felicity. Exactly. Felicity Jones? Jones, yeah. Do you, do you think they approached her first about doing an Urso series? About like her doing behind, like, you know, growing up without her father and like uh, having the, the fit in with Saul Guerrero's crew and stuff like that. And then they. And she wouldn't agree to it, or they couldn't get Forrest Whitaker to commit at the time, or something like you know what I mean? Because right. I think Forrest Whitaker is going to be in Cassian, but like that's a good question. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know because yeah, we have no way of knowing, obviously. Yeah. But I'm just curious. I wonder if they thought of her first because the the daughter of the 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 fabricator of the Death Star, like that's interesting storyline. Well, and ultimately, Rogue One, she was the main protagonist. It was a team yeah. of people, but it was really her story. Yeah, and yeah, that's that's a good question. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I love Cassian Andor as a character. I love Diego Luna as an actor. It's nothing against him at all. I just, I just wonder if that that, that conversation happened. They, they had to have a point where they were like, okay, bet we could make a show off at least one of these characters from Rogue One, and it'll allow us to bring in more people, like potentially Ben Mendelsohn and Forrest Whitaker, and kind of, ha- you know, like. Are they going to have the 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 guardians of the wills make an appearance? You know, like will they go that far? You know, how does how does Cassian know that they're just like just zealots now or, or whatever he said they were when they saw him on there? But like, will they go that far as as, as Mandalorian is, where they keep having all these cameos and people? Are like, oh, I remember that dude from Rogue One. I'm ready from Rogue One. Are they going to try to like? branch out <laughs> you know That's because a- disney has shown that they're they're sometimes afraid of like going too far out you know we'll, we'll let you go crazy wackadoo far out with a book series but i don't know about the the new movies and tv shows you know well i don't know man wandavision was pretty bonkers yeah but we knew a lot of but but, but we knew and already had a relationship with her character you know what i mean like there was nothing new created there. It was it was new as in style of show. Was it new as in like a brand new character to take a risk with? You know what I mean? Right. Because no matter what, people are going to watch that. They may have not liked it, but a lot of people would have watched it just because it was a Marvel property and see if it had anything to do with the main story. They would have watched it. Right. But will people watch a Star Wars show about an unknown character like and keep watching it? Right, and that's yeah. a good point too, because like Loki, for example, was completely yeah. out there, but it also had Tom Hiddleston. Yeah, it's also Loki. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's tough. Speaking of which, man, you know, I'm Taika. Not, I'm, I'm, I mean, I guess you say the Mandalorian. I mean, he was an unknown character, but he was, but 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 he looked like Boba Fett, so that yeah, helped. But you yeah, know, his look is so killer, man. Yeah. Uh, but you take like Taika YTT, he. We just watched Thor Ragnarok over the weekend. Good Lord, that's a go good say movie. It. Go ahead and say it's the best one. Go ahead. I, it, I, I know you want to. I, I, I wasn't going to say that. You know, I, I know you want to, though. Your no. heart tells you to. No. Your heart tells you to. It does. No, I think Dark World's the best one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do. really, but I do like it. I know people love crapping on it, but I actually like it. Yeah. Uh, I think Natalie Portman's neat. Yeah, I think, I'm excited to see her in that new one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. So, anyhow, so he, with him directing a Star Wars movie, I really hope that like those elements are present. Now, a lot of what made the elements in uh, Thor Ragnarok so great is because they're characters that we already know. Like the scenes with Thor and Doctor Strange were just some of the best stuff. <laughs> yeah. That was so good. Yeah. yeah. And Benedict Cumberbatch is God, that guy rules in that role. 
I love the, the, the end gratification of him wrecking his entire house with bringing Mjolnir back to him. Like, well, yeah. you fucking did this. This is your fault. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. 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 <laughs> yeah, that was great. Uh, Fix oh it with your God. magic sorcerer. What a good movie. But yeah. <laughs> what are they going to do with that? Because, you know, you had uh, Lord Miller, who they, like, ejected at the last minute, you know, before they... Will they let Taika go far enough that it makes them uncomfortable without putting the brakes on him? Well, I mean, he's got a pretty good resume with them. So I, I, I mean, I'm pretty sure Thor Ragnarok, Thor Ragnarok got close to a billion. It was pretty close. It's like mm-hmm. maybe seven hundred, eight hundred million dollar gross. So I mean, like, that's a lot of change, and he he gained a lot of. Even more so than the money, he gained a lot of cred with the fans. Yeah. So, so they, any, anytime his name gets mentioned, they're like, "Oh fuck yeah, what's he doing? Oh yeah, let's get it done." And then he, and then he, and then he came into Star Wars and and was the voice of a, a an IG unit and took the freaking country by storm. Like you know, I like was yeah. in love with them. You know what I mean? Like yeah. And he directed one of those episodes. I mean, he, he directed arguably, arguably the best episode of, of season one. So I mean, like it's just, I don't know, man. The dude, he, some of the stuff he's involved in is some of some of the best stuff. Like, like have you, you ever seen what what we do in the shadows, the movie or the TV show? Uh, uh-uh, uh, no. It's so. It, I once again, um, this is one of the things I'm gonna say, Eric. It's right up your alley, not for the kids, but right up your alley. Uh-huh. It's just, it's just the kind of, it's the kind of funny that you would laugh at. It just is. And um, I know you're thinking, you don't know me. I know you. Um, the <laughs> I may have been thinking that. So you yeah. mean it's full of uh, Red Dead Redemption Two references and Taylor Swift? Neat. Yeah. <laughs> um, but. I, he, 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 not only is is he like bringing a, a a breath of fresh air into the Marvel and Star Wars, whatever, but he's he like he keeps lifting up New Zealand with them, which is really cool too. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's just I don't know, man. It's just in in all the New Zealand talent that he like basically demands are in his movies and stuff like that is super cool to see and like and I uh, I. I know everybody, if they would, I, I guarantee you 95% of the people, at least 90% of the people, have you asked which movie that you've heard that's being announced that you're most excited for, but you, you know nothing about, obviously, would you most want to see? People are like, well, that Taika Waititi movie, because what the fuck is that going to be? You know what I mean? Right. It's exciting. Right. And and no offense to the other movies they've announced and stuff like that, but like, it not that they won't be good, but they don't they don't entice me to like, like be waiting dramatically for it, you know. Like I want to see it at the Star Wars, but I'm not hyped about it, you know. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The one I'm really sitting there salivating over is that one. Yeah, and like, it's, like, like, what's like, 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 what's the one? Uh, she, the, uh, the, the director of Wonder Woman's making was a Rogue Squadron or something. Yeah, something like that. I just, I'm just, I don't know how excited I'm for. I am in for. Uh, Top Gun Star Wars. I just don't know how excited I am for it. I if, maybe it'll be really good. If Steve Stevens does an instrumental in it, we'll be set. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. But uh what dude, a name Steve Stevenson. Steve Stevens. 
Oh, Steve Steve. Yeah. Even worse, Steve Stevens. <laughs> you never know. That could be his actual name. I bet it is. And he's like, I'm keeping it because why not? Nobody will remember it. Yeah, it'll seem like a stage name. And then yeah. when people are calling me that, I won't have to wait and have be reminded that's me they're calling. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, it's something that happened this week. I saw the Trans-Siberian Orchestra, their talent is out doing like the radio interviews and all that stuff because now mm-hmm. tickets are for sale to the general public and all that. And I saw somebody in this TSO fan group I'm on in Facebook, which is, God, again, just another example of how other fandoms are toxic and it's real gatekeepery at times mm. but um here's pictures of me hanging out with the band backstage that's woo, woo, woo. that's great I'm, I'm glad for you it's just yay <laughs> uh but anyway like somebody was saying why do the performers go and do these the promos are really not, the advertisements not needed the hardcore fans blah 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 and a guy who's closer to the inside who's um like worked with a lot of the people he said well they need a lot more than hardcore fans to buy tickets to to the show <laughs> yeah, they can't yeah. they can't aim their sights at just the hardcore fans the hardcore fans are going to come no matter what they've got once again you're talking about the people who are in the comment sections who are in all the comment sections and they're thinking because i'm here and i see a hundred comments here then everybody fucking feels that way yeah it's like no a passing fan of them is probably not going to comment on a a post about it like okay cool that's happening maybe i'll go to it right i'll try to find a way to go right you know like the hardcore fans are going to end up being like this like like a hundred, hundred or two hundred people at that that concert. You know what I mean? Like it's not going to end up being as many as you think, but maybe maybe more than that. It's depending on the size of the venues and stuff. But like, you know what I mean? It's just like how we always said that Star Wars needs the general public to go, not just us crazies. Oh yeah, because yeah. without it, that's why yeah. the the more fan focused things are. As far mm-hmm. as and what I mean by that is like comics. Yeah, the comics are never going to move the amount of units as tickets will for a movie. Mm-hmm. They're just not going to because that's more for the people who are already on the inside of liking Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And uh, same with the books. The movies are where you're going to get the the tire kickers, the casuals, mm-hmm. the and those are the people that really keep Star Wars going. Yeah. Because during the dark times, <laughs> right? Uh-huh. When there were no movies and it looked like Star Wars was essentially done, minus the Clone Wars, Lucasfilm as a company was not making the money that they're making now. No. Even if the hardcore fans who were reading everything mm-hmm. was, was, was live and well. What are you talking about? All kinds of stories going on. Nobody else is talking about it. Right. Nobody, like like a book, it's only so often that a book captures the imagination of an entire country like a movie does. Like, like, when, the, like, like when the Harry Potter series was going around and everybody was reading it, you know, like waiting in line to get a fucking book. Imagine that today. I'm not so sure. Right. You know, un, un, unless that, unless the, the writer is there signing it, you, upon time you see a line somewhere for a book. Right. Especially, especially with the, I mean, 
they actually came out with those those books the perfect time because it was right before like the e-readers were big it really came yeah. in fact you know what i mean and and now people are like i don't want to stand the line to get a book i'll get my e-reader well and but i'm like, going to tell you something else when it comes to yeah. reading a book on a kindle or whatever yeah. when i was moving i realized my books are incredibly problematic yeah my God, when you want to talk about something that's taken up a ton of space and how many times am I going to reread this and what do I do with it? Because I hate getting rid of things on the off chance. I may want to reread it, even yeah. though during the move, I'm like, you know what? I'm sorry. All the you paperback Stephen King novels, you're out of here. Oh, you should send them to me. But, oh yeah, because that would have been cheap. I would have paid for it. Shipping a bunch of books. Well, they're still at my house, I think. Well, fucking talk to me later. I'll look around. I've wanted Stephen King books forever. I I just don't have them all. Um, Yeah. Wow. That got me excited. Stephen King books. Woo. But but having being able to have a huge collection of books on a platform, i.e. Amazon, that's not going to go away probably in my lifetime. I mean, maybe it could. I don't know. But to be able to have that, all of to be able to access it without taking up the tons and tons of space. Now, I love physical media. Oh, I do. Yeah. I love books. I love CDs. We're going to be I the love... last generation that cares about it, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. Like my buddy Joe owns a record store, and it does really well. But you're not getting a bunch of 15-year-olds going in there and spending their money on records and CDs. It's all people in their 30s and 40s. Those are and up that those are his main customers. You know what's funny though? You talk about, you talk about the books being a problem. Ever since Rachel and I moved in together 15 years ago or whatever, our first when we were living in sin, um, the the uh, as my grandfather <laughs> liked to say, <laughs> I'm like, who are you talking to, you womanizer? Um, but anyways, uh, <laughs> we've had this this one of the first totes we ever bought. Um, and we, we put all our books in, like a bunch of, a whole bunch of books in it and stuff. And one day when, when we were moving, uh, Rachel filled it up and she tried to move it across the floor and she couldn't. And ever since then, there's been a, a like a post-it note or maybe it's directly on there that, that just says fucking heavy books. And it's, <laughs> it's, and it's, and it's, it's gone from apartment to apartment yeah. to house. Now it's another house. <laughs> Dude. Always, I'm like, I'm like, I'm always like, and we, whenever we're trying to figure out what's in these things, I'm like, is that fucking heavy book? She's like, no, that, that's not fucking heavy books. Like we, we talk about it. That's as that's, 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 that's the name, name of the thing. Yeah. That's just what we call it. The fucking heavy books. <laughs> when I was uh, moving up, like any of the furniture shaped things from the house, I yeah. went upstairs to where Amanda had a bunch of her stuff and in her bookshelf, I had to move all the books so I could get the bookshelf to put on. Because, you know, it's an actual, like, piece of furniture as opposed to going to Target and buying a bookshelf that you put together, yeah. right? Uh-huh. And she had all the Twilight books. And I was taking pictures of them and sending sending them to her at work going, I want to put these in the time capsule. <laughs> yes, Twilight! And... <laughs> Oh my god, dude! I love railing on her for it because the movies ruined that franchise for. Her. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> she 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 really liked the books. Yeah, yeah. She's way into like vampire stuff, or was. Yeah, but um, well, I mean, I bet she would like what we do in the shadows thing because it's about vampires. I'll have to hit her up but, for that. But New Zealand comedy. <laughs> yeah, right now she's watching uh, Downton Abbey. 
Yeah. So Donna, what's your favorite book? Downton Abbey. Uh, that's not a book. Downton <laughs> Abbey. You're full of the Parks and Rec tonight, yeah. buddy. Oh, dude. Oh, it's, it's, always, it's, 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 it's with us. It lives within yeah. us forever in our hearts and yeah. our minds and our soul. Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. King of the Hill has been our, on our rotation lately still, and we just watched the one today where, well, it's a two-parter where Hank, where Cotton goes to Japan because he's allegedly going to apologize to a widow of the, a man he killed. But that wasn't really the deal. It was his real first true love, essentially. And he finds out that he has a son, Buyer. And uh, uh, now I don't remember his name. And I just watch it. And he looks just like Hank, except he's Japanese. Yeah. And inexplicably, they had David Carradine do his voice. Oh, which, no. Who was in a series called Kung Fu, which is yeah. Chinese, not Japanese. And yeah. he was not supposed to be Asian at all, but, but yeah, dude, what a great show. Yeah. Uh, did you hear that, um, Rob Lowe and I forget his name, but he's been, a, he's been a writer, a Parks and Rec since day one. I feel bad. For, I've only, only ever heard his name once besides reading it quickly or maybe not reading it all on the credits. But they're doing a, a the, like the, the the definitive Parks and Rec show, like uh, where they're they're doing what the, what what the Office ladies did, where they where they walk they watch every episode of the Office and talk about behind the scenes stuff and what it took to create or whatever. They're doing that. It's called Parks and um, uh, Parks and Rec Recollections, something like that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and it's 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 Rob Lowe and the and the lead writer of the show or one of the lead writers of the show who was who was partially uh, the inspiration for Chris Traeger's character. <laughs> so it's kind of a funny thing. Like, you know, they're Robla who played Chris Traeger, obviously. And then the, and the inspiration for Chris Traeger. It's just oh, that's funny. cool. I may yeah. have to check that out, man. Yeah. Yeah. Rob Lowe's pretty good at podcasting. You yeah. Know, he's, his, he's, yeah. His show literally is, especially the first episode that was with Chris Pratt. Yeah. Was quite good. <laughs> yeah. He's the he's the potty mouth that Rob Lowe. Oh yeah, I was, he is. I was surprised how much he was. Yeah, he was. He went on Conan O'Brien's podcast. He's like fucking this, fucking that, shit, goddamn, doing coke blow, whatever, fucking this. I'm like, all right, Rob Lowe. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's easy to forget that he was like the bad boy. Oh, yeah. early oh, in yeah. his career. Yeah, but, he, but he's been sober like 25 years or something like yeah. that, which is you know good for him. Yeah, man. You know what? Before we record our next episode, I will celebrate 15 years of sobriety, dude. And I am going to get fucking wasted. Fucking turnt. Just get yeah. in there. 15 years. I can't years. believe that your sobriety and my relationship with my wife is the same amount of time. <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, by the way, that picture that you posted, one of the pictures that you posted of you and Rachel while yeah. you're on your weekend getaway, she looked so pretty. Oh, dude. And I'm she's looking at the dude. two she's of you a... going, what the shit? Uh, right? No, I tell that all the time. Yeah, I don't it's know what like, the fuck God you're doing here. Dang, girl, you, man, he must have really just made a chubby you chaser, laugh man. She can't help it. <laughs> yeah, she looked beautiful. Uh, oh, dude, she's a beautiful woman. I tell that all the time. She's like, yeah, whatever. You know how they do. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, man. But I thank tell, you for saying so. See, I tell Amanda that about other girls all the time. <laughs> uh huh. I'm just kidding. 
And she's like, what's the problem? Like, what's the problem? I understand. Dude, I worship the ground she walks on. She is oh, like, yeah. I'm so ready for us to be done with home improvements and uh-huh. all those things because she has turned into a person I'm not sure I like very much. <laughs> because we had a problem with the floor we had installed last oh, week. I saying like that, yeah. And she hit her limit and she's calling this place and she goes, you know, I was probably rude, but blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you, you were just, you telling me the story. I'm like, you need to chill out whilst I get being (laughs) frustrated. There's man, the, the things you can get out of people by being kind is pretty crazy, but she just, that's not where she is right now. At a certain moment, you're you're the uh, fuck it levy breaks, man. Yeah, it just does. She it is. Just, uh, she has zero fucks left to give. I Works. mean, eventually the ints just release the river. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> I, ugh, I don't know what to do with it, but I just keep my head down, man. I yeah. lay low. Just, um, just, just diligently, diligently do what she asks or says or yeah. demands. Just yes, okay. <laughs> I've remembered this reminded me, and I'll I'll make this quick. I got this TV at at the it's still at the old house that I was going to dismantle it because it had bright spots in it, which means the little lenses over the backlight LEDs had fallen off. It's a very mm-hmm. common problem. Mm-hmm. So I take Dead the spots. What's that? Is that like a, a dead spot? Well, it's what it does is makes a super bright white circle. Oh, okay. So it's reverse. Yeah. Gotcha. And so the brighter the background, the worse it looks. And yeah. like, oh my God, any scene with snow. <sighs> so anyway, I take it apart. I see the lenses laying down at the bottom and I go through and every one I touch, I can just pop them right off. So I glue them all down by hand and there's... Jeez, I don't remember how many. I want to say 45 of them or more. And I get them all done. And, you know, but you have to take the screen off. So you dismantle the back of the TV so that you can get to the bezel to get it off and then take the screen off. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you've never taken a flat panel television apart, it's really something. And the screen looks like it's about the thickness of one of the um, like glass, the tempered glass screen protectors you can get mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for your phone. They're about mm-hmm. that thick. And yeah. I laid the thing out, was as careful as I could be. And, you know, you can't get smudges on the inside of it because they're on the inside and they're there forever. So I th- saw a thumbprint and I got a, um, a microfiber cloth, got it barely damp, wiped it up, dried it up, and got it all dried off. Got the thing done, put it back together. And dude, I felt like the biggest hero of all time. We get done, I get it set up, and I asked Amanda, I'm like, you want to take some bets on how this is going to go when I turn this back on? Because there's always a chance, man. It's it's easy to ruin an electronic component. Long story short, start it up. Everything looks great. I'm like, hot damn. throw an image up on it and up in the upper right corner it keeps like blipping real bright no and down and i'm like what the hell and i was reading about it and and anyway i tried a couple things i'm like well all i can do now is dismantle it again but i am not taking this screen back off 
I'll take off the back and see if something's up with the LED drivers. So I cut my hands around it so I can look, and the LEDs are not flickering. It's the freaking screen itself. Oh, no. And it's right up in that quadrant that I had to clean off. And I'm like, oh. (laughs) So that TV is going to the recycling place, which is a shame because, I mean, here's the deal, though, man. TVs... I bought that TV when I was doing that residency in Branson or right after I quit doing it. One of the two. It's like next to nothing, right? Well, it was still, they were still kind of expensive. You know, it's a 55 inch TV. It was probably 500 bucks or 600 bucks. Getting way cheaper now. And now it's like, I bought a 65 inch TV for less than that. And I'm like this thing. Oh my gosh, it's not worth my time to fix Mm -hmm. my time or the money. And so it's just a bummer though, because I feel bad, but dude, these things are completely disposable now. Yeah. Completely. Which is scary. Yeah. It's scary because you know, most people aren't, aren't, aren't taking care of their process properly with getting rid of them, you know? Yeah. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I had three old style tube televisions. They Mm -hmm. went in the dumpster at work. I did not take them to the recycling place. I don't even know. Can you even recycle those anymore? The places will take them, but they'll charge you money. Mm. Same with same with refrigerators. Yeah, but well, this is very interesting. Riveting nerd talk. Ended on started on physics. Yeah, ended with uh, recycling. Yeah, yes. So the only last thing I do want to say is I have not watched the last two episodes of What If. And I got to tell you, I do not feel like oh man, I need to go back and catch up. I'm fine. I'm good. Um, I might check them out if I have a whole bunch of free time on my hands, but eh. I've I've missed several. And then after I saw the zombies episode, which I liked, I realized I'm like, oh, I probably can't watch all of these with my kid, and I have to watch them before I watch for he sees them. You right. Know what I mean, like I thought it was, I thought there was something like the Clone Wars where something questionable might have happened, but like they would have moved on from it, you know, <laughs> like a whole episode where like their favorite heroes are zombies, something he's kind of freaked out by of anyways. Right. Rightly like, oh. so. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> but yeah. No, I, I don't, I don't, I don't feel any desire to really watch them either. Sad. Yeah. But well, on that note, listen up people, you know what you should check out? The blue harvest podcast. It's the best <laughs> one out of this whole lot. But uh, anyhow, anyhow, check out patreon.com forward slash the bad motivators where you'll find such bonus shows as uh, seismic charges and uh, fairly critical and Dallas's Tarkin, ta- Tarkin tangents. And I think taking a number two is a Star Trek one, which great title, Dallas. Yeah, and, that, is, um, that is a great title. And uh, we cover the Michael Jordan documentary series. And Eric, you have. I do That's Metal. It's one of my favorite podcasts to do of all time. Um, And unfortunately, we could never, it could never be a regular podcast because it would get knocked down for, for, you know, take down immediately. And, I mean, uh, you're already living. You're already living precariously in Patreon land. We'll see how long that takes. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. Someday that'll be gone, and yeah. then there we'll go. I also do Strahler's Family Secrets, man. And those there's the episode types vary wildly, and yeah. like I, dude, I saw I clicked on one at random this past week, and it was the one where the kids and I watch Cats, the Cats trailer. 
Mm, yeah. And hearing they're tiny, they're little, they're little. And it starts out, it because I had like a cold open by accident because it was so cute that I wanted to keep it in the thing. Mm-hmm. And I hear Henry's little voice, cats and people. And I'm like, oh, my guy. And then I, I, I oh, God. It, what? No, I just, it made me, you made me think about, because we used to do like a Christmas episode. Uh-huh. And like we did, we, we did it twice, I think. I can't remember if it was the first one or second one. But my son was probably like three, maybe four. And like I happened to catch him randomly, like in the car. Like that was the second one. Yeah, singing the Star Wars theme. And like, and, and I, I just recorded it and I put it on, on that episode mm-hmm. that we did. It was just like, I don't know, man. It's just one of those sweet moments that I'm glad that yeah. people got to experience if they cared about it or not. Cause it was like, yeah. it's just one of those things that probably parents care about and nobody else does. But like, yeah. I loved it. It's just nice to hear it. You yeah. Know? Th- those were fun episodes, man. And it, it was all because of where Christmas fell. Yeah. That's why we did them. And yeah. uh, Christmas this year is on a Saturday. Yeah, I believe. So we should so, still be good. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. But uh, not looking forward to who's got what the one after that because I suspect I'll be <laughs> mighty disappointed. <laughs> oh, by the way, the Razor Crest is has been pushed back to spring of 2022. Oh. Its original date was around October 2021, which would have been like my birthday present. But oh. yeah, they had to delay it, understandably understandably yeah. but yeah anyhow anyhow also check out the t public and red bubble for some pretty dope shirts mm-hmm. and other stuff that you want cool logos on somebody picked up a taylor sith uh laptop cover that they really enjoyed several months back that uh somebody else should buy one too buy one for me and I sold a couple of uh, i've sold some of the mr bones merch we have this this last month yeah, dude, those shirts are cool. The especially the uh, the raw deal, yeah. One, yeah, I, that's why that's why I'm still most proud of yeah. well, that and and the dad motivators. I'm yeah. proud of all the work we Chris and I put into it. Yeah. Though I, the the real one's fucking dope too. I don't know, they're all really good. The Taylor Sith one is my favorite for well, obvious of course, reasons. Obviously, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm I'm surprised you didn't pick both of the one featuring <laughs> your loves, <laughs> yourself and Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, anyhow. You can yeah. also follow the show on Twitter at bad underscore motivators, where once a week we'll tweet about the show, yeah, the, the episode show. that came out. You well, we can, might like something occasionally. Yeah. There are some, you know, other links down there in the description. Go check them out. You can get a link straight to our friend Chris Hall's uh, website where you can buy his excellent, excellent artwork and uh, some other stuff too. So go, go take a look. And really, there's nothing left to say except sweet man. Well, hey, I think Taylor Swift is awesome. And until next week, we are out of here. Goodbye. Later. Later. The Bad Motivators.